This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 203. There exists in the far reaches of the galaxy a band of adventurers who soar the gulf of time and space between movies. With their time-traveling starship, this group of retronauts passes through the decades at warp speed, embarking on strange and wondrous missions to explore the sci-fi and fantasy films of the 90s, 80s, 70s, and beyond. There's the seasoned and grizzled first mate, Steve McDonald, the eager and naive new recruit, Evan David, and the intrepid captain, Ben Avery. These are the Strangers and Aliens Retro Movie Missions. Mission 4, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Hello, I'm Captain Ben. Captain Ben Avery, that is. Captain of the retro ship with no name that I can remember. (laughs) I don't think we named the ship, but I... Now that I think of it, hope we didn't because I don't know what it is. But I'm still the captain, whether, yep. whether I know the name or not. I'm joined by Sergeant Steve, Steve McDonald. Grizzled Sergeant Steve. The grizzled Sergeant. Salty also sometimes. Uh, I hope not. Well, you know, it's, it's just part of our body makeup. We can't help it. We are part water, part salt, part whatevers. And then we also have Ensign Evan David, who has brought us today's mission. That's right. Let me just finish mopping this corridor real quick. Hey, so the mission of our retro ship is to go back in time and watch movies that we would not normally watch. And by we, I mean typically Evan. We have (laughs) brought him titles, caused him to watch movies that he probably would have never watched on his own. Although some of them are movies that if he were, if we weren't doing this, I probably would try and get him to watch it. But (laughs) all that said, we have had him do this for too long. This is what, mission number four now? This is mission number four, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we've done three. Flash Gordon, Labyrinth, and the Black Hole. And, you know, we had fun. But I decided, as captain, sitting in my captain chair, thinking from on high... My His cap- captain thoughts. captainly thoughts. <laughs> we need to give Evan a, a turn. A, a turn to navigate and set course for a different kind of movie. And what is a different kind of movie? Well, it's a movie that he would choose. That's what makes it different. So Very different. Retro movie. Yeah, eventually, Sergeant Steve will be choosing one. I'm not sure if it'll be this time around because I've got some movies I want to get to. But... <laughs> but... Evan, you brought this to us. I did. You brought this to us. And so we need to set our coordinates for... Well, what is it we're setting our coordinates for? We're setting our coordinates for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Turbo! No. no? Take the turbo off of there. Oh, oh. This About is 19, the snail? 1995, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, no turbo. And... Where did this fall in the TV series in the context of that? Let's see. I, it's, it's after the White Ranger is already there. So I think it's season two, possibly. It's, it might be because on Netflix, like the season one's like what, like 40 episodes or something. So it might just be in the middle of that really long season. 
Um, but it's it's after uh, Tommy, the Green Ranger, has lost his powers and has quit the team. They have swapped out the original Red Ranger, Black Ranger, and Yellow Ranger for new ones. Um, oh, so and we're not getting... We're not getting Trini, Zach, or oh. Jason, no, because... Oh. I think part of it was the the racial stereotyping thing, maybe. I don't know for sure, but because the the Yellow Ranger was an Asian woman and the the Black Ranger was an African American man, and in this one they've swapped it. So now that the there's an African American woman playing the Yellow Ranger and a an Asian man playing the the Black Ranger. I don't know. Maybe the other guys just got tired of being in the show. But uh, which is also quite possible. Yeah. Yep. And. So yeah, we, we but we do have Billy, the Blue Ranger. We have Kimberly, the the Pink Ranger, and we have Tommy back. He regained his powers as the White Ranger. Tommy back. That's a great last name. It's it's not him. It's Tommy Oliver, actually. I'm, I don't know that. Oh, um, sorry. So, my understanding here is that yes. this movie did not use footage from the original TV show from Japan. Correct. Which is what all the Power Ranger shows do. Whenever they morph into the Rangers, they're actually using footage from a, another television show from Japan. So, yes, in this one, the Yellow Ranger actually is played by a woman um, when she's in the costume. Okay, nice. And, and uh, they have – this is an American studio has taken this and has re, they've redone the costume. So it's the, it's the Wolverine leather suit makeover for the Power Rangers. And now they have golden emblems in their chests of their different dinosaur thingies. So after this, did they go back to using show footage? Yes, yes they did. Did they use the same suits? You know, I don't remember. See, um, now the chronology is just going to bother me here. Yeah. Not, not really, but <laughs> is Rita Repulsa in this? I just have to know that. Is Rita Repulsa she, in this? She is. Spoilers. Is Skull and Bulk, are they in it? Yes, they are. All right, all right. And actually, you guys, like the opening scene... Is Krang scene... in this one? Is no. Krang in it? No. The opening scene in this is actually pretty cool. Um, so hopefully you'll like it. But Well, uh, uh, we'll get to we'll, it. We'll see, yeah. We'll um, yeah, and Lord Zed is also in it, if you don't know. He, he was a real scary bad guy. Um, all right. But I won't, I won't share much, much more with you. Uh, so I'm coming into this with pretty limited knowledge of the, I just know like character names and faces. I don't even know them. And I did watch episodes like years and years and years and years and years ago. And then every once in a while when a new series would come and I turn on the TV on Saturday morning, oh, there's another new Power Rangers. Let's check it out and see what it's like, you know, but it's more just, I'm curious and I'm actually more interested in the whole I love the idea of taking this thing that's been created, like in Japan, and then they rewrite it and and shuffle it around and chop it up and add in new footage to make it into the, the TV shows that it was. I love that that happened. Yeah. Uh, but I just, like I said, I'm, I'm no expert or anything like that. I The one thing I'm curious about as we go into this is if I'm going to be able to follow the movie. And I don't want you to say anything, Evan. Okay. Um I want to experience this, but is if I'm going to be able to follow the movie without knowing arcane details about the show, you know, or like with X-Files, when the X-Files movie came out, I can't imagine someone who didn't watch the TV show. Yeah. You know, that previous season ended with a cliffhanger that basically took you into the movie. 
<laughs> you know, and if you didn't watch the TV show, you're you're going to be lost. I can't imagine someone being able to to follow what happened in that movie without knowing the TV show. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if it's going to be the same kind of thing here or not. We'll find out. I don't want you to tell me anything, Evan. Okay. That's my big curiosity. My second thing is, will I like it? No. My third thing is, and and this is... I Steve, that seems like a biased thing that you're saying. <laughs> and I don't know if this is going to be true or not. I'm going to, th- I think I'm going to watch this with my kids. Ooh. Cool. I think I'm going to watch this with my kids and get my kids' reaction as well. But we'll see. I don't know. It all depends on timing. So. Yeah. And see, with me, I watched the originals back in the 1950s. So they were all the Gray Ranger. There was like the light Gray <laughs> Ranger, the dark Gray. So it's going to be all sort of new to me with all the colors and everything. Are all, like, all seven colors represented? No, we have yellow, red, pink, white, blue, and black. And black is a color? Black is a color. Red hmm? is the color of the blood that flows. <laughs> face of someone that we all know. He's the perfect Okay, man. all right. What? Um, Come on, where's man. The, where's, the, where's my lighter? The cover to this movie is actually, they've, they've done it with the original teaser poster. And it's a really cool teaser poster, actually. And I think at one point I had it hanging in my room when I was like five. <laughs> and l- this, six, this, years ago? this poster has actually provided inspiration for me uh, in, in some of the way I do graphic design. And I even, uh, when I, I've produced a film, and when we released it, the trailer, I used this, like, this was a big inspiration for the trailer that we put out. So, yeah, th- right. I... This was, I think this was the first movie I ever got through in theaters. Um, I tried Aladdin, but then the Cave of Wonders ate a guy in like the first five minutes, and I freaked out and left. <laughs> um, so this was the first one I actually made it all the way through and I, in, in the movie theaters. This was also the first post-credit scene I'd ever seen. Wait, the there's a post-credit? There is. And nice. It was the, and I was the kid when everybody's getting up and leaving, and... Then it comes on. I shouted, wait, look, and I just shouted and pointed at the screen. And everybody turned around and saw it, yeah. So I don't know if I was the reason everybody turned back around, but I remember yelling that out and pointing. Uh, Okay, uh, so this is 95 minutes. So we're going to do our 25-minute reports, I think. So we'll first 25 minutes in, and then 50 minutes in, then 75 minutes in, and at the end of the movie. So four reports. Okay. And okay. I mean, we're going to be careful out there, guys. Be careful. As we exit the ship and enter into this world known as Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, we are, well, we'll just have to wait and see. Ben, don't worry. I know this terrain like the back of my hand. All right, but we're splitting up. You know, that's what we do. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying I'll be fine. Yeah, okay. Well, I wasn't worried about you. (laughs) And I know this terrain like the back of my neck. (laughs) And I know the strain like the back of my neck beard. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but, yeah, that was sounds a little more disgusting than I was expecting. So, All right. All right. Be careful out there, gentlemen. And go, go, Power Rangers. All right, Captain's Log, minutes zero through 25. Um, I am not alone on this strange world that we are calling the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. I am actually watching this with a five-year-old and a 15-year-old boy. 
Uh, each of them are boys. And there's, I'll get to their reactions in a minute, but here's the plot so far. We start out with a gang on a plane skydiving and doing real, you have some extreme stunts going on there. And they save an observatory by raising money. That's why they're doing the skydiving. And then they put on their rollerblades and they rollerblade. And we got some sweet music for both the, the skydiving and the rollerblading. Uh, Skull and Bulk, who are not Power Rangers, but who are on the plane with them, they land in a construction site where the construction workers have just so happened to uncover something evil. It's a hand holding an egg. And Power Rangers are then called to their command center where they are told by the robot guy and the big giant floating head that there is an ener- evil energy that's overloading the sensors. And it's because Ivan Ooze has been rediscovered. Centuries ago, he was sent to a prison chamber by ancient Power Rangers, and now he's been uncovered. Rita and her bumbling rejects from a Swamp Thing TV show open the egg, and they give birth to some really awful CGI that turns into Ivan Ooze, who is basically an old man kind of carnival barker, Grandpa Munster kind of guy. And here's the line that I think defines him and defines the theme of this movie. What's that odious stench? Smells like teenagers. Well, the Power Rangers arrive too late and they get there. Ivan Ooze creates some ooze creatures for them to fight. They fight the ooze creatures without turning into Power Rangers. When it's when they realize that they are outnumbered and outmanned, they know they have to power up and become Power Rangers. But the process to become a Power Ranger takes too long and all the ooze creatures run away and they're left alone. So they chase after them. Meanwhile, Ivan Ooze has gone into the central command. He starts destroying the place. And then in a dark building, warehouse kind of thing somewhere, the Power Rangers wander around. They make quips, turn on flashlights on their helmets, and then find the ooze creatures and get into a great big fight with them. And that's where we are right now. Um, Rita and Lord Zed and the other bumbling monsters are gone. Ivan Ooze is in their base destroying things and making life just not very good for uh, the big giant floating head, Zordon, I think his name is, and the robot guy with the round head who's part C-3PO, part R2-D2. And the Power Rangers are all fighting right now. And we, I stopped it. I think I stopped it a little bit past 25-minute mark, but it's the uh, they, they double-team a guy by jumping at the head and kicking the guy's, the, the ooze creature's head at the same time, and his head squeezes in, his eyes pop out, and then it all morphs back. And, okay, so here's my observations. Observation number one, this is definitely about teenagers versus adults, man. This is about teenagers, I guess, with attitude. And they are going up against a man who is 6,000 years old and who 6,000 years ago already hated teenagers. Uh, there's, there's something to that. I'm not sure how they're going to develop that theme, but they have definitely shown it here with what they're doing. Uh, the stunts, as usual, I mean, the one, one thing I think that why Power Rangers became so popular is because they actually use martial artists doing martial arts, fighting, you know, the, the different clay creatures or whatever. Um, and here it's, the choreography is great. The CGI is not, but when they are not using CGI, it's it's really, really, really well done. And um, the dialogue, however, is not, not, not really, really well done. Um, I laughed a lot, though. I have laughed a lot in this first 25 minutes, and my two sons laughed a lot. Um, it just, yeah, very 90s. 
very 90s and let's see what else here from my notes um yeah the okay real stunts which i, I appreciate the real stunts um the dialogue i you know there's things like ooh gross well thank you you know that kind of thing the the ooze guy uh, he is not threatening but at the same time he's super powerful and so we'll see what happens with that um and they actually use morphing technology to for him to turn from slime or ooze into into the man but r right now um man it's not <laughs> it's not high art but i'm laughing and here's the uh here's the review for my 15 year old so far at 25 minute mark all he had to say was it's super bad and my 5 year old at the 25 minute mark all he had to say was he liked the when they were when they kicked the guy in the head and made his head squeeze in. But that's because that was the last thing that had happened. And he's, he seems to be enjoying the fight scenes and stuff. So from there, Oh man, this, <laughs> well, let's move on next 25 minutes coming up right now. Okay. So 25 minutes into the power Rangers movie. It's been pretty exciting so far. We've had skydiving. And then we had the introduction of the villain, Ivan Ooze. He is an ancient being who was locked away by Zordon 6,000 years ago. And now Rita and Lord Zed have unleashed him after construction crews accidentally dug him up. And the Power Rangers have been sent to contain him, but they are too late. He has escaped and set loose his minions to fight them and while they're doing that he has gone to the command center and has seemingly destroyed it so things aren't looking very good uh this is pretty fun <clears throat> it's i watched this a lot when i was younger so and does it hold up uh i think it holds up as bad as well as it did <laughs> so far back then because i mean it's it's power rangers the dialogue is cheesy so's the acting um some things that i've noticed is we've, we've got a bigger budget here uh we are able to do shots in the city not on not on sets and in, in sound stages and uh we've got some new gadgets on the power rangers helmets that haven't been there before, so the increased budget is definitely being used here. The suits are leathery, uh, and they look a little bit more armory and not just uh, spandex with a zipper. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I kind of enjoy the, the classic look, but, you know, whatever. Uh, we, yeah, the budget, we got, we got some skydiving in there, like I said. And uh, I'm really curious to know how, how much... Of, how much of this is all the American studio, or did they bring in the uh, J Japanese actors and stuntmen uh, to play the parts? Because I think they might have done that for Rita when she showed up. I noticed they didn't show her mouth moving, and it's very sim uh, similar to what they do in the television show where it's, a, it's the Japanese actress and they've dubbed over her in uh, English. So I'm, I'm really interested to see if that is the case. Um, the fight scene choreography, it's pretty, it's, uh, 
It's Power Rangers. That's all I can say. It's Power Rangers. We're not. They don't uh, explode with sparks when they're punched in this, and we're getting some cool visual effects where they're throwing the the ooze guys up against walls, and they're like turning into ooze and splattering. It's kind of neat. I always like those shots. Um, I <laughs> I never noticed this before, but I love it how whenever the Power Rangers are moving their arms and posing while they're talking, we have this the whoosh sound effect. <laughs> Whenever they're they're moving their arms, so it's yep, it's Power Rangers, and it's not Shakespeare, <laughs> and it's not going to win any Academy Awards, but uh, it's staying true to the tone of the the show, which is what kids uh, liked and loved when it came out, and I think it delivered for what the kids wanted to see, and it's showing us some new stuff that we don't get to see on the television show, like um, night fighting everything is pretty much in the daytime uh on the show and we're getting you know actual set pieces that we're using uh in our fights instead of just uh punching and kicking in random patches of grass and desert so so yeah it's uh yeah it's power rangers sorry i'm really interested to see what ben thinks and even more interested to see what steve thinks but, uh, okay, I'm going to keep watching the next 25 minutes. Here we go. All right, uh, this is Sergeant Steve down, beaming down to the planet now for uh, my review of Mighty Morphin <clears throat> Power Rangers, <clears throat> the movie from... Does anyone care? Uh, 1990-something. So, we are going to check out uh, the first 25 minutes and see what's going on here. And uh, let's let's see. So, first of all, wow. What is going on here? <laughs> I don't even really know. I think one of the problems... Not a problem. Not a problem. No, not a problem. No. One of the things that would uh, benefit a viewer of this movie would be uh, having seen any of the Power Rangers uh, TV shows. Um, so since I've seen, I can't imagine uh, any of them, I'm going to just say, you know what, I'm just going to sort of take it and let's go with it. So, uh, what, <laughs> this is kind of odd. I just, Usually, usually when I, I come down to these things, there's there's no one here, so um, a little sub uh, a self conscious. I, there's someone over there. This is kind of odd. Hi. Uh, hi. Um, you're you're sort of in my movie review. I'm Admiral Eden, and you're fired. Oh dear! You can't just fire a sergeant. Yeah, you can. You can. You're I, Admiral I'd have to Eden. Be, you can. There's got to be boards and demotions and dismissals Whatever. and things. Well, anyway. So what were you doing? I'm uh, beaming down here to this planet called <laughs> um, uh, Mighty Morphin Power <sighs> Rangers the movie. Why so, doesn't it have an apostrophe? Uh, apparently the word Morphin is Too actual, cool for an apostrophe? I guess it's just a whole word. I don't know. No apostrophe. Um, so you'll have to deal with that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> good, good point. 
Um, yeah, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. No, no apostrophe. Um, so we're going to, uh, I guess, uh, comment on this together. Uh, Admi okay. Admiral Eden is yeah. going to be helping me now. Okay, so have you ever seen the TV show, The Mighty Morphin? Rah, rah, rah. No. Okay, so we're sort of both in the same boat here, but we're coming We're not from in a boat. Same ship here, so we're coming from complete, completely different a aspects. But because um, she's younger and I'm much, much older. Yeah, like a million years. Well, it's no such thing. So anyway, um, but what we did, what we did, this is sort of to break the the scene here. But what we did is after we saw this, we watched an episode of Animaniacs. Not in well, we did watch. <laughs> <laughs> we did watch an episode of Animaniacs, which is sort of a side thing, but um, to sort of uh, to to get her more into the idea of where the Power Rangers are coming from, we watched an episode of Gatchaman. Oh, right. right? I hated it. Yeah. Well, yeah, she wasn't a big fan of Gatchaman. Um, but that's okay. Uh, what was your... <laughs> it was kind of funny because um, what was your uh, first reaction to... Oh, what's the name of that horrible robot in this movie? Um, the one that's that is in the headquarters with the big floating head. Oh, him! You said he was like like C three PO except lame. <laughs> no, you said he's like C three PO except horrible. Yeah, was yours. Same and then thing. when we watched uh, Gatchaman, and then we watched a little bit of Battle of the Planets just to sort of get the differences. Um, when she saw Seven Zark Seven. You said it was like R2-D2 except horrible. Yeah. So I like that it, this sort of has a little continuity to it. Um, and, you know, Battle of the Planets was sort of a an American version slash ripoff of Gatchaman. And the, uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are sort of the same type of thing with whatever it was in Japan. Actually, there are like a lot of like sort of superhero teams like this out there. Yes, but I think uh, prototypically, and this was something that you pointed out. You said that it almost seemed like, uh, you know, it was it was derivative. But then you said, or maybe the, the Gatchaman team was like the first one, and all the other ones are derivative. I thought that was interesting that you said that because it sort of is. Um, you know, you get these these five ninja characters together. The Power Rangers. It's I think there's six of them. But I don't know. One of them is like a super one. Yeah, I, I don't like it when TV shows do that because then it puts too much emphasis on one character and it just makes that character seem like stuck up. Huh. Well, let's see if that plays out through this movie. So, um, I jumped into this movie and a lot of action right ahead. Just they're jumping out of airplanes. Yeah, with like, with like surfboards or whatever. Yep, they're roller skating. Which was, was just so 80s. It was... <laughs> it had that feel. Have, have, have you watched a lot of stuff in the '80s that had that feel to Only it? Only because of you. Thank you. <clears throat> anyway, um, so we we uh, we sort of get a lot of action happening real fast. Um, we get introduced to two characters, Bulk and Skull, which are like the weirdest names ever. Yeah. Well, I think this is what I think. In the TV show, I think they were characters that were sort of redeemed. They were like bullies, maybe in the first yeah, season. Yeah, seems like that. And then they became friends, and then who knows? Even. Lots of hugging. La 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 la. Anyway, who knows if we care? So, um, so then after a little bit, 
not to belabor the point any more than we already have, um, <clears throat> we're introduced to uh, it, it, the problem is some of these words are kind of silly. So to try to say the words and without laughing is sort of difficult. So I'll just so the Ivan Ooze character um, is apparently thousands of years old, which makes sense because I mean if you just look at his complexion, it's purple. It is purple. Yeah, yeah. You know, never seen anyone purple before. Right. So thousands of years old, uh, yet he has. An English name, or, yeah. you know, it, it translates very well into English. It's actually a pun. I have an ooze. I have an ooze. Oh, I didn't know. get that. You didn't get that? No. Oh. Well, anyway. Could have been Orville ooze for all I know. <laughs> so Ivan and his invisible half-brother Orville, um, and he's using slang. He's referencing things like the Renaissance and the Brady Bunch things and stuff that... At some point, I'm thinking, okay, the, the writer is doing this for adults who are forced to watch this movie because they have to take their kids to it. Yeah. So at some point, you have to make it a little bit giggly for the parents, but it is not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and they call this guy uh, this evil beyond all imagination. He has these twin machines that he says are capable of enslaving the entire universe and can annihilate the universe. So well, Why would you want something that could enslave and annihilate the entire universe? I mean, if you annihilate the universe first by accident, then there, then there would be nothing to enslave. Apparently, uh, enslaving comes first. Okay. And then, after the enslaving has happened, uh, there's some annihilation, uh, Im impending annihilation, I guess, after that. So I'm not sure exactly what. But anyway... Maybe we'll get into that. Uh, we haven't got to the end of the movie. Wink, wink. So um, we haven't uh, figured that out. Uh, but anyway, uh, some other stuff that you pointed out was uh, the, the animation seemed really kind of 90s. Yes, um, very. The action sequence had 80s. Uh, I had a hard time with the bad guy's motivation. Like I said, I didn't watch the show, so I can only imagine. But it just seems like they're after the Power Rangers because they are good, but there's got to be something more good than the Power Rangers, so it seems like they're sort of spinning their wheels, just going after the Power Rangers. I don't know. But anyway, motivation doesn't seem to be there. In fact, what could your motivation be to annihilate the universe? Well, maybe if you were like really, really, really crazy. I don't know. But anyway. I've met a lot of crazy people. <laughs> But there's, at least in this first part, there's way too much comic relief, and it's not really comedy. It's really bad puns. It's references to it's things. It's dad that are... jokes. <laughs> and dad jokes you are. You can't escape the dad jokes. And dude. dad jokes are. Bad jokes. There we go. So uh, it must have been a dad writing this or something. I don't know. Um, the. Uh, I, do we. Did you see the girl, Rita, Rita Repulsa? Yeah. Did you see her outfit? Yeah. Did it seem sort of ridiculous for something that was going to be shown to kids? I think sort of is kind of an understatement here. Okay, well, there we go. I mean, like, it, 
didn't it have like big like thing like a huge headdress? It did, but I was looking more at the middle of her outfit. The le- the less said about that, the better, I guess. I'm not gonna really get into it. Um, then okay, Alpha Five, which was the name of that robot. Yeah. The C-3PO said horrible. Yeah. Um. That just sort of sums up. Yeah. My opinion there. I'm just going to let that go. Uh, okay, these are these are trained warriors, and the big fight sequence, the bad guys come, and then they, they're like, hey, let's jump down into that pit so we can fight them better. Okay? Has anyone, anyone read Sun Tzu's The Art of War? Uh-huh. Okay. The Admiral hasn't read it, but has anyone in the this universe, or the writers, or anyone. Sun Tzu is the art of war. One of the most important things is don't lose the high ground. Okay? Even if you don't have the high ground, you don't give it to someone else. Yes, I'm arguing Mighty Morphin Power Rangers down with Sun Tzu. What is Sun Tzu? Sun Tzu, the art of war, is a classic book of military combat. A lot of people have actually taken it to use in personal uh, relations with other people. I thought suing took a lot of time. No, it's a, it's a Chinese name. It's a Chinese oh. name, Sun Tzu. Um, so anyway, there's that. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of context for people who haven't watched this movie. Um, they, I think they try to do that with the scroll at the beginning of the film. Mm, not so much. Um, and almost nowhere else. So uh, I'm losing context at least in this, at least in this beginning scene. So I don't have a lot of lot to go on here. Now we have the um, they're actually turning into the Power Rangers, right? Yeah. So apparently they're not Power Rangers unless they become Mighty their Morphin Power They I guess have to morph in. Or they have to, to morphin into because it's not an apostrophe morphin into the Power Rangers. And until then, they don't have the same skills, I guess. Like I said, not a lot of context. I'm confused. They seem to have a lot of skill. In fact, one of the very few things that I did like about the film... Let me, let me rephrase that. About the only thing I liked about the film was the fact that these uh, actors... Can you see the air quotes? Yes, okay. I can see the air quotes. The actors and actresses could do their own... Stunts. They were very uh, well versed in, in you know the flipping and the. Well, the, they were acrobats. The doing stuff. So that was impressive to see actual, you know, people who are doing the acting doing also the, um, the stuff. Yes, because a lot of times you know you see someone who you can't see their face flip 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 and then extreme close up of their face or the face of the person who it's supposed to be and then flip 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 kick kick punch punch kick 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 and then extreme close up of their face or the person it's supposed to be so um instead of that you get you know actual people doing their things which i thought was uh i guess, I guess the high point so anyway uh, about halfway in they're talking about their weapons and the dinosaurs that they can turn into and um why dinosaurs? Well, and, and, um, I didn't. I, I didn't see a lot of dinosaurs in the first place. Yeah. They mentioned them, and they are, and some of them aren't even dinosaurs. I mean, a, a woolly mammoth is not a dinosaur, right? But I think it's 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 like 
you know, those types of creatures, dinosaurs, yeah. things that that lived saber toothed uh, tigers, extinct things. So maybe like and a white, dodo and a white tiger isn't even like from that period that is supposed to exist for some reason. I'm getting a feel that the white tiger guy is sort of like a tack on character. Uh huh. But anyway, we've been 15 minutes on this movie already, and uh, we're going to pause it here and, uh, I mean, uh, check out the rest of uh, the terrain of this movie, and I can't even fake it anymore. See you next time, buddies. Captain's Log, minutes 26, or 25 through 50, whatever. Um, Okay, so... (laughs) Let's 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 get through this. Here's here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. Uh, the fight finishes, and I, I was praising the stunt work, but the wire work I can't praise. Uh, the wire work looks really really awful, and I, I think I don't know timeline wise when this happened compared to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I think they were kind of going after that vibe, but not really hitting it well. But they finish the battle, and just as they finish it, they lose their powers, and they lose their powers and they have to return to the base to find out why. Unfortunately, I don't understand how they're able to return to the base without power, but they are able to return to the base without having any power. They're there. They're there in the middle of that desert on the mountain or whatever. And Zardon is dying on a bed of Kryptonian crystals from the Richard Donner's uh, Superman movies. And he's going to die. There's no chance, but wait, there's one chance. And that's the great, power and they have enough power to send the power rangers to the planet that has the great power meanwhile uh ooze goes to rita's moon base traps rita and zed in a snow globe and then takes the other two guys who were there the pig man and the the golden flying man uh under his wing so to speak and they are now his henchmen and he creates uh oozy raven men tengu and they fly off, and I'm reminded once more of Flash Gordon. I'm reminded, actually, of Flash Gordon, Wizard of Oz. Uh, nice mashup there, although the costumes also look a little bit like they came from the original Planet of the Apes. It's just Planet of the Apes costumes with a bird head and wings instead of an ape head with, with no wings. Uh, the Power Rangers arrive on the planet with a great power, and they find this giant prehistoric skeleton of a dinosaur dragon guy who has an electronic headset. And, uh, like, leather straps where, I guess, uh, his clothes are gone, but the leather and the headset are still there. Interesting. Um, they're being watched by an alien. Looks like one of the aliens from uh, Prometheus with the hoods and stuff. Um, but, I mean, I'm guessing it's going to be a human being. And guess what? I'm correct. So, Ooze reveals he's going to use pa- the parents of Angel Grove to dig up his super powerful weapons. So I was right. This is turning into a kids versus adults kind of thing. Now, it may not end up as a kids versus adults battle, but the thematic stuff going on here is aged people versus young people. Um, it's it's right there. It's not subtext. It's going to be text. Um also, I'm pretty surprised that they buried him in a prison so close to where he was hiding his super secret powerful weapons. I don't know. Maybe they didn't know where those weapons were, but they knew about them. So anyway, the Power Rangers are attacked by the bird things because they don't have any powers. They are not doing well at all. But a lady in a bikini saves them. And then after saving them and sending the bird things away, she starts beating them up and warns them to leave until they name drop 
Zordon. The lady is Dulcia, and she knows all about Zordon. She knows all about Ivan, and she knows all about the great power that they are seeking. And instead of saying, get away, this place is littered with the bones of people who tried to find it, she says, come with me, I will show you where it is. Meanwhile, Ivan is selling Ivan's ooze to kids and using lots of rhymes in his dialogue. And I guess I say selling, but he's actually giving it to them for free. That's part of his plan to enslave the parents of Angel Grove. They arrive at the Ninjetti Temple. And in the distance, they can see the monolith where the great power is. And before they go there, they're going to call upon their spirit animals, basically. And so while they're preparing for that, the parents come under the ooze's power. And, you know, he is, ooze is this, Ivan ooze is a carnival barker. I mean, he, he's doing this and it's interesting because he said, you know, I can sell it to these people and I can change into anything I want. I'm a shapeshifter. Of course, they're going to listen to me. He's not changing very much. It's just his clothing. And he looks even like more suspicious. I think in the clothing he's choosing than if he was just, you know, staying as a super bad guy, my son, my oldest son said, if he can change into anyone, why is he changing into that? Now, my oldest son also had the observation about how this guy, Ivan Ooze, when he's blowing up the base, he's saying things like, I miss the Renaissance and I miss the black plague and I miss the Brady Bunch reunion. And we all were just kind of wondering. And my son said it out loud. How is he, how does he know what he missed? If he was trapped in that chamber, missing it. But, I mean, it's played for laughs, I guess. Uh, let's see. So they do the animal spirit ceremony, and they all get these ninja outfits, which I actually think are pretty cool. I think the ninja outfits that they have are pretty neat. I like them a lot. And you can see their eyes. That's the thing about it. You can see their eyes. And I think that's part of why they did the whole first fight without turning into Power Rangers, is so that they could not be... You know, so they could be recognized as, you know what, we're doing our own martial arts here. Well, now we can see their eyes in these ninja outfits. I don't know what's going to happen because they haven't actually done anything in the ninja outfits yet. But um, Aisha takes on the power of the bear. Rocky, the power of the ape. Billy, the wolf. Kim, the crane. Adam, the frog. Now, all those other ones, they'll see uh, she's saying, you are the crane, so sleek and powerful and swift. And you are the wolf, strong and hungry. She doesn't say hungry like the wolf, but um, she says, Adam, you he's why are you sad? And Adam says, I'm sad because I'm a frog. And she says, well, you know, uh, you're a frog like the one that turns into a prince after it's kissed. And she kisses him on the cheek and says nothing more to him about his power at all. <laughs> like, like, I'm just going to make this up and make it sound good, but nothing for you. Uh, the White Ranger becomes uh, has the power of the falcon. But she can't go with them because if she does, she would age rapidly as Zardon is aging rapidly right now. So there's some neat connections here, some mythology maybe even. Um, and then she turns into an owl. And guys, we are referencing all of the, the movies that we've watched so far, except for maybe Black Hole right now. But she turns into an owl and it's just like Labyrinth. Um, <laughs> Ooze, after this, we see the parents are digging and Ooze says... Goldie, I'm bored. Let's have some fun. I'm totally going back to Ming the Merciless and, uh, uh, was it Critus or Clytus or whatever his name is? And I'm bored. And then I want to have some fun, uh, like to play with things before I destroy them. And he makes, and right when he's saying that, uh, my daughter says, because my daughters have arrived now and, the, and they're actually on, on planet, <laughs> um, planet power rangers movie with me uh my daughter's arrived and my one daughter says are they gonna do a dance number right now and sure enough 
he starts making a guy dance. Now, it's not as good as the dance number from, say, The Mask or Ghostbusters, the most recent one. But uh, we stopped it at the 50-minute mark with, with the Tengu returning. So I've given some commentary here as I've been talking about this. But um, I did want to mention that uh, 90s fashions, 80s is coming back right now here in the teens of the 2000s. But when we get into the 20s of the 2000s, I really sincerely hope the 90s are not making a comeback when that happens. Um yeah, I talked about ooze missing history. And the other thing here is as much as it's creating a history and creating some backstory and there's there's a mythology that's kind of interesting and kind of neat. Um, there's no stakes here except Zardon's going to die. Like, I don't care. These Power Rangers are interchangeable. I don't care about any one of them. None of them have individual story arcs or anything like that. It's just Zardon is dying. And you know what? Maybe if I was a kid, that would be enough. But right now I'm laughing at the movie. I don't think I'm laughing at things that they want me to be laughing at. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Um, but I'm not interested in any of the characters at all. Uh, now, as a kid, like I said, you know, this character from the TV show is dying. That might be enough. But um, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not great. But here's the measure. Am I having fun? I am. Is my son and my son has not revised his my oldest son has not revised his his opinion. His opinion is still super bad. Uh, my five year old son is losing interest and in playing with his Lego instead of watching. I mean, he's playing with his Lego to the back of the t- with his back to the TV right now. But um, and then my daughters who came in, they're watching and just saying, "This is weird. Why are you watching this? This is weird." Uh, but they're also enjoying, I think, and, and laughing at things. Although. The other big thing was, what is that woman wearing when uh, Dulcia jumps down? First, she makes noise, Obi-Wan Kenobi style, to scare the raven things. And she jumps down and takes her robe off. And all of a sudden, it's just, here's Bikini Lady. And all three of the girls, what? And I, I actually, too, was, what? And my wife was, oh, come on. You know, I mean, it's just, what in the world is going on here? And we just gotten done talking about 90s fashions. And then my daughter says, is that 90s fashion, too? But, uh, yeah, so... Here we are, ready to jump into the next segment. Okay, we finished another 25 minutes of the film. So it's 50 minutes total. And uh, yeah, we've moved along in the plot. The Power Rangers defeated the Ooze guys. But after that, their power disappeared because Ivan Ooze had destroyed their command center. And apparently the power source for all their costumes, weapons, and zords. So they walked to the command center, which, as we saw in the first episode of Power Rangers, the television series, is like way out in the middle of the desert. So they walked all the way there, and uh, then they got inside, even though Alpha already said that you have to have a working power coin to get in. But they got inside, and the command center has been destroyed, and Zordon is dying because he's out of his containment chamber. And so Alpha says that there is one power still left in the universe that might save Zordon and be able to restore their powers, and it's on a distant planet, and he has just enough power to get them there, but not enough power to get them back. So they agree that they should go to save Zordon, and they go, and they get to the planet, and uh, Ivanus has sent evil birds bird guys to go fight them and they're getting defeated by them because they don't have any other powers but luckily a bikini lady 
is there with her awesome stick and she comes and saves the day in her bikini and then leads them to the uh, secret hilltop place and uh, prepares them for their journey into the jungle and in on top of that monolith thing where they will receive the power if they are able to survive and they all get new uh animals so before they they were all dinosaurs um they're they you know they, their power coins had dinosaurs on them and their zords were different dinosaurs but now they've got new animals new power coins uh and new outfits and uh yep yeah. and now they're gonna go and uh try to get that power. Meanwhile, back on Earth, Ivan has betrayed Rita and Lord Zed and has taken over their operation on the moon, and then he has brainwashed all the parents of Angel Grove with a ooze-like substance that he's given out to their kids, and now he's using them to dig up his ectomorphicon thingies, uh, which are his ultimate weapons through which he can conquer the universe. And that's where we're at. Okay, so... Yeah, some things that I'm still noticing the budget here. Where the moon set is very much expanded from what it is in the television show. Um, the locations, as we saw, this movie has taken a very uh, unexpected turn away from what we usually see in Power Rangers, and now the Power Rangers are on an epic alien quest, uh, and we're seeing elements from different movies like uh, just come to mind one of them is labyrinth i mean we've even got an owl a lady who changes into an owl uh and they're whisked away to another fantastic land and they're gonna have to go through this epic trial to come out the other side uh to save someone that they love so yeah actually it's very reminiscent of labyrinth in that way but uh but yeah and that's kind of cool it's not it's a nice break from routine uh, it's unexpected. It harkens back uh, to other movies that are of different genres than Power Rangers and brings some of those epic fantasy elements into here, which is kind of cool. Um, the wire work, once again, that's that's a uh, an indication of the budget. Uh, all right, let's see a couple other things. We saw Tommy bring out his sword, Saba, who flies around and uses heat vision <laughs> to ultimately defeat the ooze guys. Now, I was always disappointed as a kid because in the TV show, Saba can talk the sword and he's got a British accent and I, he, and he doesn't talk in this movie and I was always kind of disappointed about that. And then he just disappears when the power goes away. So, eh, whatever. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, okay, so we've got the Power Rangers, and they're here for the kids, but then we have Bikini Lady, who in the in the great tradition of Return of the Jedi and Flash Gordon is, you know, is here, and uh, I think she's here for the, all the dads who took all their kids to the movie theater. So, yep, she's in there. I did not r realize that when I was a kid, <laughs> but I, uh, it definitely sticks out like a sore thumb now watching the film uh so yeah oh yeah and then, when they're giving out another thing i noticed when they're giving out the the new animals or whatever to the power rangers and she's explaining all the different attributes of the animals and how they apply to the people that she's never met before um she comes to the black ranger who's got the frog and i'm not buying her explanation 
for why he got the frog. He's disappointed. She's like, no, like the frog that you kiss and it turns into a handsome prince. Not buying it. I don't know why he's the frog, but that's not the reason. And how does she know about the princess and the frog story? She's from space. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to keep watching. Once again, I... I guess I'm not being too overly critical of this movie because I just know it's Power Rangers and I know the, what the tone of Power Rangers is and this this is it. This is it with a bigger budget and uh, I, I feel like it's like watching an old Godzilla movie. I mean, if you're, if you're coming in cold on that, you're going to think, wow, this is kind of... Eh. But if you know what a Godzilla movie is, what it has been, what it's supposed to be, then you can have a good time watching it. And I'm having a pretty good time watching it. And I'm, I'm not big on the magic stuff in here. Ivan News is like a cosmic sorcerer sort of dude. Um, and yeah, this just not, I don't know, guys. It just doesn't sit well with me, but this is, it's nostalgia here. So, all right, I'm going to keep watching. We're going to keep going. So, here we are once again. Um, any more for Power Rangers? <clears throat> Did you notice that when they fight, there's, like, sound effects? And I don't mean just, like, you know, psh, 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 like, fighting sound effects. Like, if they hit someone and they land on their behind, sometimes you hear, like, a, like a, like a passing gas type of a sound. Or, Gross. like, if, if someone, like, a couple of times they hit a person, they hit one of the bad guys, and there was, like, a doorbell. A doorbell? Yeah. That's... It was... I mean, I mean, did they, like, slam them into a door or something? Well, I think, you know, metaphorically to ring someone's bell means to hit them so hard that they get a concussion or something like that. But... That's just weird. To... It's not a doorbell. Anyway. <clears throat> so anyway, I think uh, also the, the, uh, the rangers yeah. have a good sense of the obvious. I like it when they're saying stuff like, these guys are strong, after they've been fighting them for five minutes and they're yeah, still standing up. Um, I mean, did it take you, like, that long to figure it out? Yeah, and, and good to tell the other team, the, the rest of the team. You don't yeah. want to waste their time by, you know, having tactics or, you know, shouting out actually things that you can do together or anything. Yeah. The, the, the obvious is always the best to be shouting out in the middle of a battle. Um, but at least they are off the planet and we're not we don't have to deal with that Ivan Ooze Ivan Ooze anymore except they do because they're stuck on oh, the yeah. on the planet. Now they're one of the one of the things here is that he's making he's making the the parents zombies. It's, so this is the this is this is sort of how I've put it together the chain of Ivan Ooze's logic. He wants to annihilate the universe. Okay? So what he's going to do is create ooze and package it and sell it to little kids. Well, not even sell it, give it away, yeah. but make it make it to the point where they the kids in this town are nasty too. It's like, hey, shove this in your in your parents' face, yay! So he markets this thing to kids. Maybe he has some mental control over them. It doesn't seem like he does, but anyway. 
So he's going to create this product called Ooze. Ivan's Ooze. Ivan's Ooze. And market it to kids. Package it. Market it to kids. Apparently, before... Uh, later on, you see the parents actually doing some of the packaging. But before then, I guess it's it's the the pig guy and the the warthog and the um the guy with like the yeah yeah those the the, the lackeys I guess they do some of the packaging the initially. So he gets the henchmen to create this ooze to okay. give to the kids with the purpose of introducing it to the parents. So the parents can turn it to zombies. So the zombies can do the digging to get those machines, the twin machines capable of enslaving the entire universe. And annihilating it. But apparently not capable of digging themselves out of five feet of dirt. Which makes no sense. No dirt, no sense. Well, maybe they needed to, like, have the, like, they, maybe they need to be, like, like charged up or something. Maybe, okay, that's a good point. Maybe they had to be filled with the ooze. Yeah, which is just gross. So anyway, so uh, he makes the ooze to give to the kids, to get to the parents... So the parents can do the digging, so the dig, the, they can uncover the machines, so the machines can destroy the city, and then thus uh, creating it a, a place that it can, people can be enslaved, and then after the enslaving happens, then to annihilate the universe. And why, like, just the city? I mean, like, why not, like, the rest of everywhere? Well, just to be a devil's advocate here. Maybe it's because he hates the Power Rangers so much after having one experience with them thousands of years ago uh, that he wants to sort of get back at them by destroying their city. Which, thousands of years ago, the probably weren't cities that he would be able to understand the connection between people and cities. Anyway, um, so, there you go. There's that. Um, but anyway, the, the rangers are out of there. They don't have to worry about that anymore. They're sent to a planet by... What's the stupid robot's name? Alpha 5. C-3PO, but... <sighs> and they meet... Dulce... Dulcia. Dulcia. I'm not trying to make fun. It's just I can't read my note there. I don't my know if it's Dulcia or Dulcia. So you know, this is your favorite character? Okay. Yeah. Why was she your favorite? Well, she's like, you know, she's a woman, but she's also like, like a bad butt warrior. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I like, I like women who are like that because it's sort of a positive example to me. For women yeah, in I mean, fighting like, situations. I mean, yeah, because like, you don't just have to be, Oh, I don't want to get my skirt dirty. Oh, I'm only wearing high heels. Oh, save me, heroic, muscly dude. So did you like uh, Pink or Yellow Ranger? Were they... Meh. Why, why weren't they one of your favorites? Well, I don't know. Okay. I mean, you know, they were, yeah, not so, as cool. Yeah, I guess. Something. Anyway, so Dulcea, apparently uh, no clothing stores on this planet, so she's had to make her own rags. <clears throat> I liked her outfit. That's all right. You can like the outfit. That's all right. I'm sure, I'm sure someone liked it. Anyway, so Dude. she introduces these uh, these 
plot elements, which now, as a Christian, this is where I start taking umbrage with the movie. Um, she says you can do anything, uh, that there are animal spirits in each one of us, um, depending on the strength inside you, that the animal spirits are guides, that they're sacred, and things like that. And I know this is a kid's movie, but when we have stuff like this, when we have, you know, the overt atheism in some of the episodes of Star Trek, or we have the... Uh, the Force in Star Wars, which is obviously a dualistic type of, you know, Taoism type of a thing. But you're feeding it to kids who don't know any better. That's when it sort of says to me, hey, wait a minute, guys. Kids didn't write this movie. You know, when when you write your stories, you're not trying to put stuff in there that's going to trick them, right? No. No. Or, you know, stuff that seems like something but is really something else, unless it's just part of a story element or something. Yeah, that just seems like something that would not be endearing to readers. Well, apparently, in Hollywood, um, they sneak stuff like that in all the time. That's just kind of weird. It is, but if you're not, you know, waving the big flag that says, hey, you know, Star Atheist Trek is going to be on, you know, that's not how it's billed. So that's not that's not the effect you get going into it. Obviously if it's, you know, hey, this is a Christian movie, obviously there's gonna be some Christian stuff to it. But you know, having it this this out there, this blatant and you know, and the sad thing is that most parents won't even notice this stuff. And Which to is to let it not good. No, to let it go by. And to let their kids... Because remember when the, you were first introduced to Pocahontas? Well, I wasn't ever introduced to her because you wouldn't let me watch the movie. Right, but you just watched a video. When it, had a, it was a, a video with like all the different uh, songs from the Disney movies. And I didn't know what it was. You were watching it over someone else's house. And there was one of the Pocahontas songs. And she was singing about how this, the trees have spirits and everything has a spirit. And then one day we were talking about something, you know, about the spirit inside of us or the Holy Spirit. And you're like, and the chair has a spirit and the wall has a spirit. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> so, you know, it's not like this is just going to go over kids' heads. This is going to be something the kids are going to actually access and, you know, think it becomes real. But anyway, so we get to the point where uh, they're leaving the planet and being able to, to go back. They have the ninjetti powers. Which right. I thought was a really cool word. Ninjetti is a cool word, so we're going to check that out a little bit on our next little part, the ending, which was my favorite part of the movie. That was cruel. We haven't got there yet, so I can't say that. So here we go. Okay, this is it. This is uh, the third report. This is from minute number 50 to minute number 75. So we're an hour and 15 minutes in. We're heading toward the end. Uh, Okay, so there's a lot happening, but then at the same time, not much happening at all. The Tengu make their report to Ooze, and we find out that Ooze knows Dulcia. So there's apparently some sort of connection there between Ooze, Dulcia, and Zordon. Um, And then he just up and destroys them after he finds out they didn't destroy the Power Rangers, and it's actually a really funny effect of just feathers flying all over the place. Meanwhile, the Power Rangers are walking through the jungle, 
there's a kid from the beginning of the movie who his dad was one of the other parachute guys who lost, I guess, his team of parachute guys lost because they landed in a parking lot. It was embarrassing, you know, but not too much of a dad versus son kind of thing. But the dad, the son did say he was embarrassed by the dad. But um, one of his his dad was one of the parents who's involved in this. And he's spying on the parents, finds his dad and sees they have uncovered arms and legs and stuff. And then he spies on the factory and the parents are told to return to the construction site and leap to their doom. And then they activate the uh, oozes creatures, which are giant CGI metallic insects, and they are <sighs> awful, awful, awful looking. Uh, meanwhile, the Power Rangers have two fights they have to get through. These are the these impassable things to get to the monolith. One, bones come back to life. Bones, uh, and so they they have a ninja fight with with some uh, Triceratops skeleton. And then the other is they get to the door of the monolith at this temple thing and they're carved guards in the door that pop out of the door and come to life. And I am back in Labyrinth again. It is Labyrinth all over again. They fight them. They fight these four stone creatures, six versus four. They are having a very difficult time of it, but they finally do win. Uh, although my daughters did notice that the pink ranger keeps getting saved by the white ranger even when she has a plan of her own she can't follow through on it she wants to roll a boulder on top she first of all stumbles her way up the side of the monolith and not all the way to the top but up you know as far as the set will take them and keeps stumbling keeps falling she finally finds a boulder she tries to push the boulder can't and so white ranger comes helps her hands her a lever and as they say, give me a lever, I can move the world. Well, she isn't able to figure that out on her own. She's not strong enough to do it on her own, but White Ranger comes to rescue her. So there's that. <sighs> anyway, they fight, they win. The door opens, a pyramid pops out, and they get new outfits, new Power Ranger outfits, uh, accompanied by new Zords, and they return home, where Angel Grove is being destroyed by two forces. One... The uh, CGI that's so, so, so bad. So, so, so bad. And the other is all of Angel Grove's kids are, first of all, dressed in coordinated purple and also just kind of running amok in the city. And that kid who I was talking about earlier rouses them and says, we got to go rescue our parents. So they get on the L train and head over in that direction to stop the parents from jumping into their doom. <sighs> CGI is so bad. So, so bad as those creatures walk through and destroy things and you have this bad CGI against real life buildings, real life people, real life cars. It's not good. And then, you know what else is not good? The Power Rangers. Uh, they're so ineffective against these creatures. Now we stop stop here at the uh, one, one hour, 15, 15 minute mark. We stop it where um, they have actually cut the end of the tail off of the scorpion kind of thing. And it starts spewing ooze all over the place. And uh, I'm not sure. I think it was um, Adam, Black Ranger, who says, ooh, I've been oozed or something like that, you know, because I've been slimed is, you know, part of the cultural zeitgeist. And they're going to this movie is not going to shy away from ripping off other movies. It just won't. For example, when the Power Rangers arrive back to Earth and Ivan Ooze sees them and says, inconceivable. And. All three of my daughters, dad, dad, inconceivable. I don't think that word means what you think it means. You know, I mean, it's just, man, 
So the the frog uses his tongue and latches onto the neck of one of the creatures. Uh, The wolf uses his teeth and latches onto the tail of one of the creatures. Um, Pink Ranger in the crane gets, uh, not crane, but a crane-shaped jet gets caught in Ivan Ooze's energy force lightning. Uh, I mean, everyone, they are doing terrible with this final battle. It is awful. Just plain awful. And did I mention the 90s fashion? Yeah. Yeah, this movie is just a reminder. Don't wear 90s clothes, people. Don't do it. (sighs) But, whereas with Flash Gordon, I was getting very tired of things in this, we are laughing. We are still laughing. Why? Not because it's good. And now I'm going to return, see how this wraps up, see if the Power Rangers win, see if Zordon is going to die or live, see if we're going to see uh, Bikini Lady ever again, and if she's going to like be some long-lost love maybe for Zordon. Uh, you know, is that, or is this just going to be, um, let's call it Chekhov's world building, where they just build the world and don't return to any of that stuff. Um you know, for a movie that's about uh, Ivan Ooze trying to get revenge on Zardon, they meet once, and then Ivan Ooze just totally shifts his focus away from Zardon. And Dulcia, of course, she's out there, and it, it's just, you know, it does what it does. And I'm about to finish it up now. So here we go. Okay, I've just watched another 25 minutes of the film, and a lot has happened. So, the young boy, I think his name is Fred, has discovered that Ivanus has brainwashed all the parents and is using them to dig up his evil megazords. And meanwhile, the Power Rangers are on the the other planet, and they're going through the scary jungle, and they fight some giant skeletons, and then they fight some rock monsters, and uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. And then they get the, the new power, which recharges their power suits and is able to get them back home uh, to Angel Grove, where Ivanus has already unleashed his Megazords, and they've started wreaking havoc on the city. So yeah, uh, so there's some there's some fun action parts in here, and and by fun I mean super super cheesy. And uh, yep, then there's also uh, the CGI. My my wife's watching this with me, and she's just loving the CGI on the. On the Megazords, um, which is super, super fake and does not hold up whatsoever. But here's the thing, though. I saw this when I was five in the movie theater, and it was awesome, okay? <laughs> uh, you could not tell with your five-year-old brain that that was CGI or that it didn't match up with the backgrounds or whatever. It was just awesome because on the TV show – it's people running around in suits 
pretending to be giant robots. And here you have semi-fluid movement. Uh, you have the you have the frog and the wolf double teaming the giant scorpion thing, and the movement you're able to get with the CGI. It was like that's nothing like we've seen before in the Power Rangers. Uh, and once again, the budget is showing here because we have the cockpits. Uh, that and they're showing the Rangers in the cockpits and the chairs like come in uh, Voltron style into the into the cockpit. So that's, it was kind of cool. It's kind of sweet, uh, but yeah, also super lame. <laughs> um, I, I can't even deny it. It's it's it does not hold up. Uh, a couple other things I noticed. Uh, was that Tommy all of a sudden apparently he now knows all the moves of the Ninjetti because he did the Ninjetti corkscrew kick which is <laughs> he shouts out and then he does a spin move and kicks the kicks the thing into the wall and let me just tell you when I was five that was the coolest thing imaginable I just thought it was the, the most awesome karate move I've, I've ever seen uh, one thing I haven't talked about really is uh, Ivan Ooze and he's pretty funny uh, he he's probably the fun the funniest character in the in the show in this movie. I've also noticed that there is zero character development here for the Power Rangers, and that's that's probably because you know all they do all the character development for them in the TV show. And if you're a kid and you're going to go see this movie, you just want to see him in action, bigger and better action. You don't need much more character development, I guess. Not that that makes it okay because good movies are able to deliver all that and uh good character arcs with uh, deep emotional you know pulls on the heartstrings but uh that's not happening here <laughs> that's not happening here we are having ooze jokes and uh kimberly commenting on the nice stereo in her uh in her megazord oh yeah and here in this movie we have probably the darkest turn in a Power Ranger movie, the or in the in the Power Ranger series that I can remember, and that's where Ivan Ooze commands all the parents to throw themselves off a cliff. And so, you know, despite the the sort of lameness of the the action and the uh, the special effects here, we've got some pretty high stakes, some pretty serious stakes going on. All the parents of these kids are going to kill themselves uh, unwillingly. In, in a pretty terrible way. So the Power Rangers are fighting for people's lives here, uh, it, which is interesting because I noticed when the Alpha was watching the uh, the news the newscast on his viewing globe, you know they're like the the mayor's calls for a state of emergency, and I'm just thinking I don't know why this surprises anybody because this city literally gets attacked by a giant monster every single week, um, but. I understand their cause for alarm because this time somehow the Power Rangers are not there to fight them. Okay. Anyway, I'm gonna keep watching the last last bit of this movie. After the next uh, feedback, it should be done. All right. So uh, hang in there, guys. I can't. I literally cannot wait to hear what Ben and Steve have to say about this movie. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Power Rangers on the planet. Did you catch the planet's name? Nope. Okay. The planet. Did it have a name? The planet. Nope. <laughs> And Dulcea is, um... Wait, help, I thought, I thought her helping. name was No, and her sign was No, and her number was No, and you needed to let you it go. You need to let it go, yeah. So, um, she's helping them, and now they're on their, their quest 
to get to what's the thing called? The what? Yes, the what. They're trying <laughs> to get to the what? The, the thing with the great power. Oh, that thing. So what they're was on that? on planet Nope, trying to get to the what? <laughs> and uh, so um, they they're going through the jungle. At some point, I thought they were going to turn into the animals, which would have been amazingly cool. I thought that that's. Like I said, I haven't seen the show, so I want to see a giant frog. <laughs> that was that was really cool having a you know all the guys get cool powers and then the frog. <laughs> so, um, and then later on in the movie when they're fighting and they're all getting put together into the big robot. This is one of the things you mentioned that it didn't seem like they were focusing on any one character. But they were sort of focusing on the team as a whole. So it wasn't like, you know, uh, the, the Purple Rangers story. Or was I there a purple like one? Purple. But no, that was I Have News. Oh, that's right. But whoever, the, the uh, Red Ranger, is it Red? I don't know. But it wasn't like one Rangers show. It was like all of them together. That was one of the things you said you enjoyed about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they're, they are through the jungle. They're looking for this thing with great power. Or what did it say? Uh, Is it? I guess yeah. the, the great power. The great power. Yeah. I mean, like. Power of the nin- ninjetti, which sort of sounds like ninja, but I guess it's not. I guess it has nothing to do with ninja stuff. Because. Yeah. Oh, wait. Later on in the movie, they just. Say the word ninja instead of ninjetti. Well, maybe it's because, like, ninja is shorter and, like, easier to say. Well, yeah, but they could have just used the word ninja. Like, ninjas come from my planet, Dulcia could have said. Anyway, so anyway, they get to this big place, and they get to the door. Yeah. And these rock creatures jump out of the door. Right? Yeah. Wait, but I'm pretty sure they were, like, carvings, but, like, it was, like, a, like... Like a, um, I don't know, like a, but like a, security system. Like a bot relief security system. So they jump out, and yeah, apparently apparently it was a security system, because it doesn't say otherwise, and you're otherwise just left to assume. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, um, but anyway, they get to this place, and then the door opens up, and I think it's the Yellow Ranger says, it's the great power. Bum, bum, so apparently they can understand what the great power is, and we don't. Because, I mean, the thing's just attacked you, and you're going to assume that it's the great power. And you don't know if it is or not. Okay. <laughs> Next time I make a trap for you, I'm going to make something that fights you and then turns into something that looks powerful. Anyway. Um... So there's that. Ivan is still... This was a kind of a gruesome thing where he tells the parents to go walk off the cliff. Leap to our doom. Leap to our doom. Which is is sort of lame because why don't you just say, you know, everyone kill each other or something and have it be some horrible, awful thing instead of, you know, them slowly... Going to the place where apparently it's the only place that they can leap to their zombie doom. <sighs> and then 
Then the kids save the day, which... Doesn't make sense. Well, no, but... I felt bad for, like, the parents. There were other adults in the movie that apparently had no kids. And they were doing absolutely nothing in this whole thing, except being a reporter or running through the street screaming. Those poor, poor people. Poor people with no children. So... That's my encouragement to you. Go have children, and they will save you when you are turned into a zombie. By some weird purple guy. Yes, yes. The raisin head. Yes. And uh, not Prince, because lamentably he passed away earlier this year. So, different purple guy. There's the, there you go. There's uh, there's part part three. Yay. And enjoy, if you can. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'll edit that part out. Okay. Uh, minute 75 to end. And come on, man. Come on. This movie. Uh, so remember I said they weren't doing very well? Well, they did They did end up winning the battle here against those two uh, creature things because they tried harder. It's that tried and true method of just plain trying harder. Uh, you know, mechanically speaking, I don't think that really works. I can understand like a human being or a Godzilla type kaiju. Uh, but nope, that's how they do it. Just they're going to try harder and they do. And the CGI does not get any better because what happens next? Well, Ooze gets mad and Ooze merges with the creature that's still standing. And then the Power Rangers merge to form the Megazord or whatever it is that they call the big giant Voltron. And they then battle each other as these two human-shaped things. And here I thought, okay, I've been waiting for this. And I actually was. I was waiting for this moment that they would turn into the giant monsters and start fighting in the cityscape. Do they start fighting in the cityscape? Well, yes, but they aren't men in suits, or women in suits. I mean, if they're in the suits, sometimes you really wouldn't be able to tell, I guess, if it's a man or a woman inside that kaiju suit. But the man in suit type of thing that they do in the TV show that I'm aware of, they do not touch. Instead, we get these two awful, awful, awful CGI creations battling each other. Uh, fortunately, they do, however, uh, you know, Superman could learn from them here. Uh, by simply, you know, they take the, the fight away from the city. They leave. Meanwhile, Fred, that kid I was telling you about, I don't know if this is a kid from the TV show. He has spent this entire movie being a character completely removed from the Power Rangers. Uh, they know him. We'll find that out at the end. They know who he is. Uh, he, he learns martial arts from them. I mean, they knew him because they talked to him at the, the whole skydiving thing. But... um. I didn't realize that they actually knew him deeper than that because they teach him martial arts in the martial arts school or something like that. Uh, he gets all the kids to come with him. Um, oh, Tommy saves the, the train that they were on uh, before it crashes. And then they get off the train and the parents are going to jump into the pit and all the kids are standing in front of the parents, just pushing them back, holding them back, not letting them walk to the pit and Fred bulk and skull go down into the pit and get a f fire 
hose on a crane and spray down all the parents and give them a shower and wash them clean of the ooze. And then the parents all are reunited with their children from Angel Grove. And it's a beautiful, beautiful moment as Fred's dad pushes his way through the crowd like Adrian at the end of Rocky. Rocky 2. Because wasn't Adrian at home at Rocky? No, no, no. I don't remember which one. Doesn't matter. So our battle goes into space. They're going to push ooze in front of the comet that they uh, was mentioned in the first part of the movie. Uh, we have Chekhov's comet here. They're going to push him in front of the comet, and he will be destroyed by the comet. And they fight, they fight, they fight, and then... Good old Kimberly. You know, I said Kimberly had to be rescued, and she still had to be rescued, even in the Zords, but... Was it Kimberly? No, it was Yellow Ranger. It was Aisha who decides to, you know, she's going to take control. And she smashes the glass from a button that you only use in a dire emergency. And they ask her, what are you doing? She says, desperate times call for desperate measures. And she hits the red button. The red button that activates the knee to groin move. Now, every single other move that they do in this movie, they announce, you know, corkscrew, corkscrew spin kick, you know, that kind of thing. This, they did not announce. They just did it. And it, because you see, they're in front of the comet and, and ooze is still holding onto them and they're like facing each other and it's really stiff and really awkward and really dumb. Oh, by the way, Rita and Zed are cheering for the Rangers at this point. The knee to the groin, uh, they're able to lo- pull themselves away from Ivan. Ivan goes into the path of the comet and is destroyed in a great big giant explosion. But we're not done yet. No, 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 no. I mean, we've won the battle, but not the war, not yet, because what's even worse, Zordon is still dying, of course. Now, we're not going to see Dulcia again, other than we see her in owl form earlier. That's the last we saw of her. I don't know if she's coming back in the TV show. I'd be curious to know about that. But anyway, they return to Zordon. It's too late. He's about to die. He's died or something. I mean, it's too late. But then Tommy says, remember what we learned. And this is the lesson to learn from this movie here. He's going to spell it out for you kids in the back seats. He says, to those who possess the great power, all things are possible. And so they use their spirit animals and they bring Zordon back to life and repair all the damage that was caused. And we have now returned to the status quo so we can return to the TV show. Nothing has to be changed because, you know what? Some kids might not go see the movie, I guess, or something. But, you know, Star Trek Voyager style in a time travel episode, that's what's happening here, is we are back to normal. Nothing has changed and except for their, they have different suits and different Zords, but do they maintain CGI Zords through the TV show after this movie? I can't imagine that they would have the budget to produce such terrible, crappy CGI. But, ugh, just not great. Then they have a conversation about Fred being a ranger, and I'm wondering, does Fred actually become a ranger? Is Fred from the TV show? Does he return to the TV show? Do I care enough to find out? No. I'm hoping Evan says something when we come back all together after this mission. And then we get Van Halen with hire and fireworks and it's, you know, celebration time. 
and then a post-credit sequence with uh, that gold thing and that pig guy uh, sitting in the throne and Rita and Zed return. And there's, there's kind of a fun transition there as they look at each other and go, uh-oh, and then the music kicks in and it's this other song. It's just this British pop duo kind of thing. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. I like that. Um, did I like this movie? No. Would I recommend this movie? No, not at all. It might be something to watch with people to laugh at, which is a lot of movies uh, that we might be doing for this retro movie review thing. But, you know, <sighs> Flash Gordon was bad. This was worse, but this was more enjoyable. This was more fun. And so as and what made this really awful was just that CGI. I was just waiting for I wanted man, man in suit kind of thing. I wanted a battle. I wanted to see the Zord man creature fight the I just wanted to see men in suits fighting and knocking each other into buildings. And actually for a moment when the uh, Power Rangers Zord gets thrown through a building, it's a model. It's a model that gets thrown through a small model of a building and it's really, really neat. But then that's it. That is it. And that is not enough and is not good enough. And, uh, man, we will talk about this and Evan will pay and pay dearly, but that's my report. I'm going to return to the retro ship with no name now. Oh, and for those who cared, um, my 15 year old son thought it was super bad still, but he did laugh a lot at the movie. My five-year-old son, like I said, just lost interest. At one point he was asking, is this movie still going? Is this movie still on? My wife just kept getting more and more irritated by this movie. And my daughters thought it was the dumbest thing ever. So there's that. <laughs> and, um, now, uh, now I'm going to turn this thing off and, and return to, to the retro ship. And that's a movie. So we finish up with the Power Rangers defeating the Scorpion Zord. And then Ivanus decides to physically inhabit the Ant Zord. And uh, then they fight. And they end up going out into space where Billy uh, decides, hey, the good strategy would be to make him collide with Chekhov's Comet that was mentioned in one line at the very, very beginning of the movie that you didn't notice. And, uh, yeah, that's what happens. Uh, they, uh, they're locked in a, in a death grip with Ivan Ooze as the comet approaches them. And, uh, Aisha looks over and sees that there's a, uh, there's some script written in English, uh, on the alien battle robot. And she, punches it and it's the for the for emergency only and she punches it and the uh the knee goes up and kicks Ivanus in the crotch his metal zord crotch and that breaks them free and he gets hit by the comet and destroyed which frees the parents from the mind control and that was also a harrowing scene uh, earlier too when uh the parents are walking toward the cliff and the kids are trying to stop them from jumping off and the other kid, Fred, goes down and starts spraying everybody with the fire hose, uh, which is pretty clever to keep them from, from going off the cliff. So 
So yeah, the Power Rangers and Fred save the day, and then everybody goes out for crab and lobster and fireworks at the end. And it's super happy. And then there's that post-credit tag scene uh, where the two hench guys are living it up and their bosses come back and they get in trouble. So, yep, that's a, that's the Power Rangers movie. Um, really, really, really enjoyed it as a kid. But, yeah, it's, it's uh, not very defendable here as a grown man and uh, as a movie here in the uh, 21st century. Uh, 2016. So I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, what Ben and Steve have to say. Let's see, was there anything else that I wanted to say about the film? Uh, I can't think of anything right now. Oh yes, there's the part where oh yeah, I've, I skipped the part where they go back and with their new power that they know how to use even though they just got it five minutes ago, they bring Zordon back to life. Uh, which is a pretty pretty cool scene but um doesn't make much sense at all <laughs> uh the i think the screenwriters knew where they wanted the plot of this movie to go and it went there no matter the cost uh so yep i guess we'll talk about the rest of it uh, all together back on the starship so this has been evan david over and out All right, that's so, it. We can just put it back in the packaging and not think about it anymore, so right? No, we have to finish the episode. Yes, Admiral. Good little sergeant, Steve. So, anyway, the uh, Ninjetti warrior stuff. And then they just started calling it Ninja. Yeah, that's stuff. just kind of weird. I mean, like... Like, why waste, like, the really cool word that I think Ninjetti is, and why just, okay, Ninja? Like, what? Yeah, it seemed kind of silly. Um, and I must have dozed off a lot of times during this movie, because there's there's a lot of the plot that I didn't, that didn't seem like it was there. So I, I don't know if I just slept through those parts, because, I mean, it was a major motion picture. I, I can't imagine these things wouldn't be there. What things? Well, like the logical progressions from different things. You know, like these these times where you know things would make make sense well, going from one thing to another instead of chunky like it is. So anyway, um, the whole plot with the kids, yeah, and the ooze being given to the kids and stuff like that, kind of unnecessary there. It doesn't really make sense because, I mean, I, unless you wanted to to make it into a very short movie. I mean, this, this could have been like, you know, two episodes of the TV show or something. Um, you could cut that entire thing out that the kid and his dad and the ooze and the digging for the machine and just have Ivan raise the machines up with his own power, which it, you know, obviously he had a ton of power. Well, they wanted to incorporate the little kid into it. I guess, but they have kids being the, what's it called? Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, so having yet another kid, it was just sort of like, 
I don't know. It seemed like a long way to go to just have that one kid be part of the, the movie. Um, maybe he was someone's child or something. I don't know. So Ivan makes the ooze to give to the kids, to give to the parents, to turn them into zombies so they can dig for the machines to destroy the city, which they actually got, I think, to that part, right? Yeah. Enslaving, didn't see much of that. Annihilate the universe. Good thing that didn't happen. Well, I'm not really sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Annihilating the Power Rangers universe would be a good thing? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I guess that's her review. Um, and then, of course, they go into space and throw Ivan into a comet. Which is kind of weird. Which is kind of weird. Now it's Ivan's comet. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, you think about it another way. These teenagers just killed somebody. Yeah, that's kind of not so good. And then, you know, a lot of cheering and fireworks Yay, go on afterwards. Yeah, death. Uh, also, the, the the part where, um, I've forgotten the guy's name. We didn't even talk about him. The big head guy. Oh, the, the big head guy. Yeah. Like the weird little, like, the weird, like, old dude. The old dude. And he dies, and then with their ninjetti, nope, 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 sorry, nope. Ninja Powers. Um, what's his name? Alpha 5 says that they can raise him from the dead. Which is like, like this is so annoying. But like, <clears throat> like this happens a lot and it's so annoying for me. But like, like the one rule of like all fantasy and science fiction movies is that you can't raise the dead. That's the one dang rule and like lots of people like just toe the line and it just really bugs me yeah sometimes that's an annoying thing because if you have people that can come back to life then the deaths don't mean that much when someone dies because you figure oh well they'll just come back to life in the next movie or the next book or whatever i know so and also we know who's the only person who can raise the dead and it's not the sixth ninja. Nope, sorry, ninja, ninja warriors. Not ninjati, because once they're on Earth, I guess the word changes. No. Too bad, Dalsea. Yeah. Your whole culture means nothing to us. We're gonna change it to a word that doesn't actually actually have anything to do with it, but just sort of seems like it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, raising the dead had a problem with that as well. So the whole animal spirits being sacred and the strength inside of you. You can do anything. That's a problem. Raising the dead. Really? That's a problem. I mean, like, like, it's okay if it's Flash Gordon, but I mean, like, <laughs> other than that, it's just no. Wow. So, I'm going to say the things that I enjoyed about this movie was uh, doing this podcast with you. Admiral Eden. Admiral Eden. Um, also, the, the acrobatic moves I thought were were good, you know. It was, it was good that they were actually done by the acrobats themselves. Yeah. What did you think of the soundtrack? You know, I was I was impressed that they were able to use actual songs, and it wasn't just like you know, uh, where the house band in the studio making rock songs for a movie, you know, things like that. I don't. I'm not a big fan of that type of thing. Although, every once in a while, some of the music actually sounds kind of cool. But, 
Um, it was interesting that they actually got, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers and um, Wait, what? Uh, Van Halen. Some of the bands, bands you probably have never heard of. I'm glad I haven't heard of them. Uh, and Justin Bieber. Oh, gross. <laughs> no, I, what, he at least she's heard of someone. He ha- he wasn't alive then, was he? I, he's probably not alive at that time. But anyway, they had uh, the the you know, actual people, uh, bands, with the music. And there was actual you know rock and roll to listen to it at least some points in the movie. Um, and I like the song Free Ride. So, there, there you go. So, uh, out of out of a hundred stars, if you could give this movie a hundred stars for the best movie ever, and then one star would be this movie has at least one redeeming quality. What would this? How, how would you rate this movie? I don't know. Probably somewhere around the zero range. <laughs> No, seriously. I mean, you know, yeah, I, we've talked about it. Seriously, yeah. and you, you, seeing it as a movie, seeing for what it is. I'm going to give it a five. A five out of a hundred. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so there you have it, folks. What would you give it out of a hundred? Um... I'm going to stick to the four-star rating system. Okay. Where you can't go below a half a star. Okay. And I'm going to go with that that aforementioned half a star. Okay. Um, This movie was problematic. Uh, It was... Spontaneous. I think if you were like six or seven, you would have liked this movie. Because you wouldn't understand like half the stuff. Yeah, the, the... Odd stuff would go over your head, which is like, why is it in there then? The, you know, the the oozy, poopy sounds and stuff, you'd laugh at those. There's a lot of action. Um, but as an actual movie? How about no? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, my my review. I'm going to beam and back up my to, to my too. planet. I don't know where you're going, Admiral Eden. Well, I'm coming probably, with you, aren't I? Probably back to Planet Homeschool. How about no? How about we go <laughs> shopping? All right. We're done here. No, Bye-bye, no. folks. Thank Bye. You for, thank you for putting up with this. Bye. Okay, gentlemen, we are back. We <laughs> are back. Yes, we are. We made it. You wow. made it. You, you, nice job, Sergeant Steve. You, you, you <laughs> made it. I, yeah, <laughs> we've got think... some talking to do about some of the things you said because <laughs> I've we've we've heard our reports now and uh, I, well, I, I for one feel invigorated, in, invigorated, well, invigorated. I mean, as soon as they jumped down into that ditch, didn't everyone think, "Hey, soon, soon, the art of war"? No, no, that did not cross my mind. No. How could that? No. How could it not? No, because I was too busy thinking. Why are they waiting to turn into Power Rangers? Like, why? Why did they wait that long? And then I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. They turn into Power Rangers, and after they go through that whole long process of becoming the Power Rangers, they look and all the bad guys are gone because like, they took too long. They took too long. See, okay, what's going on there? I saw a sketch, by the way. I can't remember who did this, but where. They're getting ready to do the Power Ranger Morphin thing, 
and the bad guy just like shoots them before they get a chance to and like you can't do that we didn't change it yeah that's the idea that's why i did it (laughs) see ben they fought for a while before transforming because that's what happens in every single episode of the show it's all about escalation you fight in your civvies then you transform and you fight on the ground and then the monster grows so you have to get the zords out and then the monster's too powerful, so then you get the sword for the zords. And if he's still too powerful, then you combine all the zords together and finally blow him up. I get that. I, I do. And the thing is, it's just funny that they waited. And then when they finally do it, the bad guys are just gone. Yep. Like, yeah. They just went into an abandoned building nearby. And... It's like, we don't have time for this. We're going into an abandoned building and waiting see, for you guys. But see, when that happened, I mean, even up until that point, I... I that's where I knew what kind of movie we're in here. And we are in a movie with, it has some internal sense as to like what they're, this they're doing with the movie, but it doesn't really matter what you would really do. It's it all, really, it's, it's all like, it's hey, all because movie. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's, it's a child playing with his toys kind of logic. You know? Yeah. I see and, that. And, and so I, I laughed along the whole time. Knowing that some of it I was intended to, some of it was the dad jokes, I think, which is what your daughter was saying, but um, <laughs> some of it was that, but then some of it was just like, oh, this is bad, and I'm laughing at that, All right, and I'm groaning at other parts, but... Ben, I was laughing, I was laughing because in the, your first feedback, you were like, oh, I can see themes of there's going to be kids versus adult themes here, and I'm just like, you're overthinking this. Oh, man. <laughs> but they did, they went there. I really yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the adults all became bad guys. Like, I didn't know that was going to happen, but it happened. It went but, there. And then at the end, it's the kids saving the adults, you know? And Steve's complaining because, well, why? We don't even need this in this movie, you know? And no. Like, no, no, we totally need this in this movie because that's what this is about. This is about adults versus kids. This is about a guy who was put in the ground for a thousand years. And now he hates teenagers and he can smell teenagers. I can smell them. (laughs) It's only one adult versus a group of teens. And then the kids are on this side of the adult. I was just like, no, there's not even that theme. It's just, it's just enough to the plot. Okay. Look, there there is no, there is no theme in this movie other than do good things. Yep. That's pretty much it. Anything is possible when you have the great power. So it's like, if it's like at the beginning of, uh, if you have the power to do it, you at, the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning, at the at the at the beginning of Huckleberry Finn, it has a disclaimer from the author, and I can't quote it perfectly, but it's basically, if anyone finds you know logic with this thing, they should be whipped, and if anyone can find a plot in this book, they should be taken out and get shot and except, stuff like that. Except that's Mark Twain's hyper hyperbole. Yes, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the way Mark Twain does things because there was plot and there was you know there's logic to it it's, right but that should be applied to this movie well maybe it could but i mean mark twain's <laughs> doing that on purpose right and and yeah. these guys yeah it, it makes you know it, it's it's perfectly logical in the sense that hey this is just more of the tv show on the big screen what cracks me up was steve getting so confused by this movie like this is not a confusing movie my five-year-old was no following context. it what do you what are you talking about context you have you have 70 years of context of- i have i have these these six characters 
who uh-huh. are the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Right, but they're in their civilian uniforms, and okay. then they... I didn't, I didn't know that they didn't have powers in their civilian uniforms. Except they didn't use their powers in their civilian uniforms. They're just fighting with martial arts. You didn't notice that? Right. But I noticed but that, but I thought, right I thought the, the martial arts might be their, their powers. I didn't know. <laughs> and all of a sudden they had these suits on, and then they, can ha- they have like super martial arts powers. And they keep talking about the Zords and the swords and stuff, and I'm like, why don't you turn into the dinosaurs or the robot or whatever it is that you do? I didn't understand what, what they could do. They kept saying, you know, Mastodon and Sabertooth Tiger, and I'm like, well, do something with that. <laughs> Not turn on the headlights on your helmet. Yeah, that's I mean, totally. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that was so funny. That <laughs> what was that? Okay, like it wasn't yeah. even good headlights. Like, <laughs> I know it just lit up. Like, oh, I can light up my lights on my helmet, and yep. you yep. can see me better. <laughs> okay, all all the weapons in this movie have never ever been used on the show, and never will be. This is the this. Okay. Is, yeah, so this Evan, is the this American is stu- yeah. Yes. So that, that what you're about to say then. Yeah, this is question. the American Studios interpretation of the television show. And In- they didn't use any of the Japanese footage at all for this. No. This is all 100% the American Studio. You can tell by the soundtrack, uh you can tell by the you know, just the the places they went. I think I talked a lot about this a little bit in my feedback is th- with the extended budget they were able to do things in the movie that they weren't able to do in the show like nighttime fighting, actual on location stuff that wasn't right next to Los Angeles, you know, uh stuff like that. And and stuff like putting the the characters in ninja outfits outfits. The, but, the you their, outfits. Yeah, but you could see them. Like I think I think that these actors I'm guessing that they got a lot of a, a lot more pleasure out of doing this movie maybe because they actually got to be seen yeah. doing the superhero stuff instead well, of cut to Japanese actors doing the superhero stuff. Right. And they they did get to do that you know whenever they fight in their civilian clothes they made sure to give them you know their time on the show to do that but I mean you can just the the stuff that the studio did with the source material I mean the command center in this movie is just a billion times better than the command center in the television show, which is a like 30 by 30 foot plywood set with Christmas lights hanging in the background, literally Christmas lights. And I mean, they just, they upped the scale, they upped the, the budget. And, uh, so none of this got referenced later on though. Uh, the, see, I, I haven't watched the episodes in a long time. Okay. I, I do know the Zords carried over, like the new Zords, when they came back to the TV show, they had the new stuff. And they had the new, uh, they had the new ninja outfits, the ninjetti stuff. That was all there. Um, so what I'm thinking happened was they may have even done an alternate storyline in the, in the show showing how they got these new Zords. Uh, and stuff because usually you have something like this happen like with Batman the uh the 66 series they did the movie and that allowed them with a movie budget to mm-hmm. create the batcopter and the batboat right. and and stuff like that and and that wasn't necessarily why they did it uh but it was a a real happy byproduct of that yeah. and that's what i was wondering is if they were okay so they've done this do they have now extra money because it's the movie to create these things that get used later on. But then I didn't know how this worked with the, the, the original Japanese show. Right. And I, I, it's been a long time since I've watched it. I do know the costumes, the ninja costumes did carry over to the show. Um, 
other than that, I cannot say for sure. How about the uh, the Zords being CGI? That did not carry over. Oh, good. That stayed. Yeah, they they kept the man in the suit stuff for that. And see, well, like CGY. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Well, this and, is ni- this is nineteen ninety five. Okay, this is. I don't year- care. <laughs> I I don't care. You don't. Yeah. You don't. VeggieTales do was doing better CGI stuff. Yeah. In nineteen ninety five. Why? Movie. Why were they choosing to go CGI when they could have just upped their game with the man in suit stuff? I mean, they they turned their main bad guy, who's already a character who has like all that makeup and stuff, into a CGI construct. Just blow the guy up, make him bigger, and add some makeup. And man, that was a real disappointment. I thought that they were going to go into some cool areas with that. And... I'm just saying, when I was a kid and I saw this, I had no idea it was CGI. I could not right. tell. You didn't care. It was just awesome. Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> and cuz you know as as you as we progress forward in visual technology and you look back stuff looks really fake. But it doesn't yeah, necessarily like, look, yeah, it it doesn't necessarily it's like in Star look Wars. fake though. Yeah. It's like it's, Star Wars, it's like the cantina scene you're like how did they do all those aliens? They look so real and you look at it now and you're like, "Oh, sock puppet." Okay, you know, train monkey. Um, you know, that's a painting on the wall. I I guess here's the problem is (laughs) with the star Wars stuff, like all the star Wars special effects that they did, it is dated, but at the same time you can see it was state of the art with this, this was, we are extending beyond our reach and, and trying to do something, but you know what, man, it is not, I I can't imagine. I, I, I didn't look at any reviews from the time. I can't imagine anyone I, I looked, giving that a pass back then. I looked except at a couple. For a seven-year-old. It was a, a Robert Ebert. Is that what his name is? Ebert, yeah, yeah. Whatever his first name is. Um, he was merciless. <laughs> merciless. As Look it up. Should be. Look it up. He ripped the daylights out of this thing. It's clearly um, just for kids, and it's clearly a cash grab at the popularity of Power Rangers, also. Yeah, and it feels quick too. I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing with the special effects back then, especially. You had to have time to make it look good, mm-hmm. and if you didn't have that time, then you are. I mean, this looks like something that was rendered on, uh, you know, a, a couple Apple IIe's or something like that. I mean, it just <laughs> man, was that bad? It's not good, and 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 that frustrated me because that broke that broke it for me. Like up until that point, there was some kind of fun stuff, and I was kind of enjoying myself and laughing at it. And then it gets to this, and I'm just—I guess if I had been in the right mood, maybe a better mood or something—I don't know—but um, I could see people like this becoming like a cult kind of thing where it's so bad, you know. But like, right. Watch it because it's so bad. No. But it, the, I'm not—I'm—I'm I'm forgiving of bad movies, and I'm forgiving of bad special effects, and I'm forgiving of things like that when it's because there's a big vision behind it. And this, there wasn't a big vision behind it. No, there wasn't. His name is Ivan Ooze. Let's be honest. Um, I liked him. He was funny. I was laughing at his jokes. He was not funny. I I forgot about He was over the top. Yeah, I forgot about the Brady Bunch reunion line. scraping the bottom. (laughs) No, here's here's the thing. I mean, it's the camp now. Some of this stuff... Like that guy knew what kind of movie he was in. Yeah, he knew exactly and, the but movie. No he was one in. else did. No, no, but that's that's fine. I mean, I 
I'm laughing with the camp and I'm going along with that part of it. But that's where, like, I'm listening to your feedback, Steve, and I'm just thinking, I'd like to just sit down with a, you know, a episode of Batman with Steve I sometime and let him Batman. just totally destroy it because, <laughs> because nothing makes camp. sense. But it everyone in that knows that it's camp. But there's Everything no logic. There's no logic to what's going on in there, and it doesn't make sense in the context. There I mean, is, come on. There is context. There is logic in Batman. In this, there was. Uh, I mean, you, I tried to follow the logic and it was just it was uh, <laughs> come on I, I'll, I'll just say it again my five-year-old could follow it okay <laughs> he, he followed I, everything he knew exactly what was going on cre- with his back to the screen for 45 he creates, minutes he creates ooze as a product to give to children so the children can give it to their parents so the parents can become zombies digging zombies so they can wear hard hats. Every single one of them had hard hats on, by the way. So they could be digging the machines that he could have just filled with ooze and had them resurrect there. But no, he, they had to be completely dug out so they could destroy and the city and as- assemble them. And then they're still packaging stuff. And then those machines were going to destroy the city and then enslave the universe and then annihilate the universe. It's like... That's too many steps. <laughs> the, the dialogue in his plan makes no sense whatsoever. It's just there to let kids know he's evil. And that's yeah. what you follow. It's, yep. He's going to do bad stuff, and he's doing bad stuff, and he's using people. He's enslaving people. Like, it's totally doing its job. This story does its nope. job nope. for a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, yes. but not, not you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, so your daughter's favorite character was Dulcia, huh? Yes. Does she ever come back? No. I don't think so. Not even as an owl? I don't think so. I think so. They, they couldn't afford her wardrobe on the TV budget. Yeah, she was wearing a lot. What was that? <laughs> I, I tell you what, I did not notice that as a five-year-old. What? <laughs> we were, we what were, were different noticing? five-year-olds, Rock my formations? friend. We were different five-year-olds. <laughs> Really? What, what about Rita's that, costume? That bugged you as as a five year old that she wouldn't that she's wearing a bikini. It wouldn't have bugged me as a five year old. It would have interested me as a five year old. <laughs> well, not me, about, man. I didn't even notice. What about Rita's costume? It was like a Madonna rejected costume, and she picked it up and decided that that's what she was going to wear. That one, that one, straight out of Japan. They didn't yep. touch that. Yep. Yeah, it, I don't want to touch it either. So they brought her in for the movie. I think so. It looked just like her. It sounded just like her. And they dubbed her, it looked like. Interesting. It wasn't an American actress. So I, I don't know that for sure. But uh, She sure looked like the way I remember her looking. Yeah. And I had, just, I had just watched a couple episodes recently, too. And I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'm looking up Dulcia to see if she's in, in other stuff here. Because that's what's the most interesting thing to me about this whole... Dulcia is the most interesting thing to you. No, no. It's <laughs> Does your the, wife know? The connections between the movie and like the TV show afterward, because the TV show is fascinating to me, not as a, a viewer. I watched a few episodes here and there, and whenever there'd be a new one, I'd, I'd be, oh yeah, let's let's see what's what's this new one. Oh, the, just to see the cool you know fighting people or whatever. But m- the way that it, you know they they took what was created in Japan, they repackaged it, they edited in all these American actors to be able to make it accessible, you know, for you know localization, I guess is what they call that. Um, 
that kind of thing just fascinates me. Taking someone else's story and then just rewriting over it to make it work in a different context. And that, that fascinates me. And then you have this movie come that's a, it's a totally an American studio saying, hey, we've got a success on our hands. We've got some money to make. Let's make a movie. <laughs> and so that, that, oh that fascinates me. So apparently Dulcia's role in the show was replaced by a new character named Ninjor, which appears to be a robot guy. Oh, who, I can see that definitely. Yeah. Yep. He is just a. He looks like Mega Man. He's a. He has a giant N N on his chest. And, uh, yep. Wow. Interesting. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, guess she doesn't come back. <laughs> well, guys, I'm glad you enjoyed the movie so much. Can, so. can can you can you understand why we're not going to let you pick another one for a long time? Honestly, no, I can't. I... <laughs> this was painful. I mean, as much as <laughs> as much as there was some there was some enjoyment on my end, uh, it was not fun. It, all things considered, <laughs> I mean, if I have to choose an up or a down, a thumb up or a thumb down. Uh, for the experience, it goes to thumb down. Oh, come on. It does. It goes to thumb down, but it wasn't yeah. a terrible thumb down, you know? See, I, w- I would cut my thumb off and throw it in a bottomless pit <laughs> that far down. <laughs> I just Seriously. find it so funny that the person who likes this the most and likes Power Rangers the most had the shortest reports. And the person who hated it the most had the longest reports. And I'm expecting my reports to be long because I'm doing plot synopsis as well. But then you guys both did plot synopsis too. (laughs) Steve, not as much as Evan, but... Well, you know. It, uh... It doesn't hold up. But it's just that nostalgia thing right there. I mean, that's all I can say. It but it not. needs it. The next time you pick a movie, it needs to be more than nostalgia. It needs to be something where you can say to to be able to converse in this genre, you need to have seen this. No, that's not all of what we're doing here, because he did hit one mark dead center, Steve. And that is choosing a movie that might be a little difficult to watch. <laughs> I mean, we did put him through. We put him through Flash Gordon, right? But that's true. And this was much more watchable than Flash Gordon. No, this was much more watchable. Not anymore. I don't feel like Flash Gordon is something you should see anymore, uh, ever. Um, It's it does not deserve a place on anyone's shelf. And if you had this movie and Flash Gordon sit next to each other, it'd be this movie every time for me. Uh, It'd be Flash Gordon for me for sure. Not watching that movie again. I'd watch this one again, though. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't plan to watch either of them anytime soon. Yeah. But, but I could see, if you were a fan of Power Rangers as a kid, I could see a couple friends. Like, like I don't know, Evan, you know, your friends when you were little or whatever. Yeah, you but, get you know, to coming, with your Coming back buddies. together, you know, and, and putting that movie in and, and laughing at it and having some pizza and, and playing settlers of Catan while you're watching it or something like that. <laughs> so here's what we have to do next. We need to choose our next movie mission. And I have chosen four movies and they all have 
a similar theme to them. Okay. Okay. And I'm trying to figure out how we do this, but I'm just going to throw it out there right now as far as the theme. These are all movies that, unlike Flash Gordon, did not exist before Star Wars. Like Flash Gordon, they they brought it back because of Star Wars. But these are all movies that were created out of seeing Star Wars. Okay? Okay. People who saw Star Wars and were interested in making a movie that was basically that. One of them... Well, I see. I don't. I'm not sure how much information to give you. If I just say, "Hey, choose a number between one and four, and 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 you just choose one, and then I'll I'll just use that," or if I should give you any more details, give uh, us some details. Some, you want yeah. some details? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Some of the details I could give you, um, Steve, you might be able to guess right away. I won't. I won't guess out loud though. Okay. All right. Um. So one of them is a follow-up to Star Wars, okay, uh, by some people who worked on Star Wars. One of them is straight up, we are copying Star Wars, only the people are from Earth. One of them said, you know what? Star Wars basically took a whole bunch of elements from Akira Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress, which is a fantastic <laughs> movie I want to discuss sometime. Yes. Because it's, it's basically two sets of characters from two different movies coming together and going through a movie together. But, um, <laughs> but they, cool. said, they said, you know what? He did that. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go and look at another Akira Kurosawa movie. Um, and we're going to rip that off and make it sci-fi in space. Mm-hmm. And then the final one said, hey, stormtroopers and a cool special weapon. We're going we're gonna to make a movie and wrap it around that. So I don't know. I, I, <laughs> what, what do you want? Oh, boy. I'll let, I'll let Evan pick because I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't want to influence. <laughs> Let's go with. Number three, which is what? What do you mean? Oh, okay. The the, the Kurosawa. Oh, okay, so yeah. you have passed up a movie that we may return back to, The Last Starfighter, right? Which is Star Wars, but instead of Tatooine, Luke Skywalker lives on Earth. Yeah, okay. Uh, you have passed up the follow up to Star Wars that George Lucas was involved in making uh, as a producer and as the person who was puppeteering Ron Howard as director. Willow, <laughs> you have passed up the movie I was hoping you'd choose, Crawl. Crawl. <laughs> That's the cool weapon with stormtroopers, and you have chosen Battle Beyond Battle the Stars. Beyond the stars. Mm. Battle Beyond the Stars, which features a farm boy. It features it's it's a John boy. This is this is appropriate. <laughs> this is appropriate. We just have uh, the the remake for the Magnificent Seven. As as, our, as we are recording this as hit theaters, I haven't right. seen it yet. But this is appropriate because this is a remake of The Magnificent Seven. Which oh, is a remake gosh. of Seven Samurai. Yes. I am looking a, I'm looking at the posters here and I'm feeling like we're doing Flash Gordon all over again. Uh you just might be right. <sighs> Maybe you, uh... you will regret choosing number three and should have gone with number four. Yeah. But um uh, yeah, I was hoping you picked that crawl, but we'll we'll get to it someday. Oh. What is this starship designed to look like? Exactly what you see, and we will talk about <laughs> it later. Okay. 
Yeah, you know, maybe we shouldn't do Battle Beyond the Stars. Now that I think of it, let's just go with Crawl. Okay. I'm just I'm just pulling a I'm calling an audible okay. here. Okay. <laughs> I forgot there is the one character All who right. flies a spaceship that looks like it comes from Rita Repulsa. Rita Repulsa. It looks like it comes looks from her again. outfit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's crawl it up. Okay. Crawl it is. Crawl. The special weapon. <laughs> the stormtrooper clones. Yeah. Swamp beasts. Okay. This and one looks. Liam. Nisa. Ooh. Okay. I'm on board. I'm on board. All right. All right. Speaking of being on board, we are on board this ship, and it is time for us to uh, return home. And right. after a, a long, hard mission, <laughs> Mighty Morphin <laughs> Power Rangers, the movie. And I do recognize that I will be now seeing uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie in theaters. Oh, yes. With Evan at the very least. Oh. Oh, yes. It's coming. All right, before we're done, uh, we do have one last thing to do, and that is, Evan, we have a sponsor. Yes, this episode is sponsored by the Woodprint Shop, where you can take your photos or digital prints, and these guys will stain them on wood planks, making a rustic, one-of-a-kind work of art. And uh, you can find them over at thewoodprintshop.com. And if you mention that you heard about them from Strangers and Aliens or that you're a Strangers and Aliens listener, they'll give you a 10% discount. Any last words, gentlemen? Um, no. <laughs> we need a good tagline, like, you know, <laughs> keep them flying or uh, you go back in time. Tell yeah. them, tell them we sent you. Kick the tires and light the fires. Or we just go with the classic. Thanks for listening, and Godspeed. Strangers and Aliens Retro Movie Mission. Hosted by Ben Avery, Steve McDonald, and Evan David. Pastor Jason O'Neill Emeritus. Our music is Gold Coast by Jens Kielstofte, available at machinimasound.com. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You may also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or interact with us at facebook.com slash strangers, or you may leave us a voicemail at the Strangers and Aliens hotline. 1-800-4-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening.